The following is an official statement from Bible Corps regarding the current status of our flagship podcast, Sean and Elliot Read the Bible. To all listeners and followers of the show, welcome and thank you for your continued patronage. Over the last few days, there has been wild speculation and numerous fake news stories in regards to the so-called disappearance of both Sean McLaughlin and Elliot J. Fallows. We here at Bible Corps would like to put these rumours to rest and assure you that both hosts are alive and well, enjoying a well-earned trip to the Devonshire coast. Any attempts to publish or promote otherwise will be met with swift legal action. In addition, Bible Corps is aware of previous references to the hosts' families and their safety, or lack thereof. It should go without saying that Bible Corps has no knowledge of any ethical or legal wrongdoings and would never knowingly kidnap anyone in order to blackmail their employees. After this week's festive edition, the show will be taking a short hiatus until the new year, when both Sean and Elliot will return alive and compliant. Now please enjoy the final episode of the current series of Sean and Elliot Read the Bible, which has been masterfully edited by our intern, Dan, in Elliot's absence. How was that? Did that sound sincere? No, we can do it again. Well, we always do too anyway. Hello, everyone, and Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Whatever you're celebrating, pleasure to have you here on this Bible podcast. (laughs) Um, uh, I'm Sean McLaughlin, thank you for listening Elliot Fallows is there Season's greetings He's got his hood up Absolutely Uh, We're we're in a a good mood We've uh, had a long weekend of partying Yeah And uh, what can we say? Tis the season for this very festive edition There's mistletoe (laughs) under the pillow (laughs) Because they know we're recording the Christmas episode of Sean and Elliot Read the Bible We have a very special story to tell you about I mean, if there's any book in the Bible that's about Christmas, it's the one we're talking about today. Yep, exactly. You know it, we know it. Really famous Christmas story. It's the uh, the Book of Judges. The Book of Judges, everybody. Ho, ho, ho. Let's begin as we always do by having a fun personal chat by this by this wood wood fire that's burning. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, smell I'm, those chestnuts. I'm on a se- I'm on a second floor flat. This is absolutely illegal, but we're trying to give you a festive mood. We're roasting chestnuts on an open fire. And you, so Are we you meant can, to eat them? What the the, nuts? the chestnuts? I don't know. I, What's <laughs> that? They don't say that in the song. They never explain what they're doing. No. Roasting chestnuts on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Nipping at your nose. I just want to go, go back to that first bit. What do you mean you're roasting chestnuts on an open fire? No, no. What Amish life are you leading? Jack Frost is kissing your little nose. But who's Jack? I don't want... Get out of here, Jack. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) What is that song about? Um, I don't know. I mean, they're probably all about all sexual assault. Oral probably, sex, yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. but uh, it's, it's weird that there's two songs at the moment going through that, aren't there? They go through what? Baby, it's cold outside. Is currently being like you know, it's, bit, it's about it's something a bit shifty is going on in that song. Well, he's definitely being pushy, isn't he? He's probably being too pushy, especially when she says, "What's in the drink?" That's <laughs> the point where people are saying, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah." But then at the exact same time, Fairy Tale of New York is, although it's always had that line about you cheap lousy faggot yeah i can say it you can't 
if you say it, I'll beep it. Oh, no. Yeah. Th- this year, specifically, they're really raising it up for both songs. Mm. They're not new songs. Yeah. But suddenly everyone's up in arms about both of them at the same time. I wonder what the next Christmas song that people will hate is. And Jack- by the way, I have no opinion on either of those. Yeah. You know, neither. it doesn't affect my life if they both get banned. <laughs> I think they're both very good songs. But if we decide that they're not good, then I can I can live with it. Yeah. Fairy Tale of New York seems to be one that people genuinely can't get their head around that anyone could hate any part of it. I despise that song. Do you really? I if we just kill that song off, I really wouldn't. Are mind. you sick of it? Is that why you hate it? I'm or- not. I think it's not a very good song. I think it's a bad song that everyone, when they're 16, pretends to like so that they look cool, mm. and then for some reason nobody grows out of it. I I hate that song a lot. And I have forever. Good for you, man. And people only start liking it when they're like emo teenagers and they're like, no, this is my Christmas song. If they never played Fairy Tale of New York again, I wouldn't notice. (laughs) What what are people talking about? Yeah. I I like the song. Mm -hmm. I think it's nice. Yeah. I think it's very sweet. I mean, in, in the sense it's a song about two drunks trying to destroy each other. I don't give a fuck if they don't play it. Good, bad it. I don't care. Yeah. If if enough pe- if we reach a consensus, we go. It's probably a bit too offensive. Then yeah, yeah just ban stop it. it. Then I don't give a fuck. I don't give a crap. If they ban proper crimbo, <laughs> genuinely, yeah, I am moving to Saudi Arabia, <laughs> where they really know how to celebrate. That's Christmas. what they celebrate Christmas. <laughs> if you ban, you can ban any Christmas song you want. White Christmas, you can ban a lot of them. All right. Yeah. If you ban. The Bo Selector Christmas song, Proper Crimbo. <laughs> I will move to the Middle East. That is a vow. Yeah. Okay? That is a vow. <laughs> they they that have is, a proper crimbo over there. The thought police have, have, have gone too far. Uh, great. <laughs> yeah, should we talk about our parties that we've had recently? Sure. We've both hosted so we, a party in the last two days. Yeah, so we just had... Uh, it's, it's a Monday now. On Saturday, I had a party. On Sunday, you had a party. And both of us... <laughs> Ah, oh, fuck, so physically, tired. because so we're not used to having to spend time with other people. Um, we'll start with yours. It was your birthday. It was my birthday. Uh, old Elliot Fallows. Old man Elliot. Um, uh, ask me how old I am. Uh, how old are you? Well, it's just saying 41 years. I'll be 69. <laughs> That's not true, though, is it? In 42 years, I'll be 69. Stupid twat. You I had that thinking. in your holster and you didn't even have it loaded. I keep thinking. You're such a moron. I keep thinking I'm 28. Do you? Yeah. Um, you're 27 years old. I am. You're, you, you could die. You could be in the 27 club. I could die always. Yes. But this year, if you died, people would be like, oh, like Amy Winehouse. I'd be known as a genius if I die this year. They'd go, oh, he's that guy from that, that sketch. Oh, which one? The sketch he released last year. Yeah. Has he done anything since? No, but he died now. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. No. <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> His eulogy was delivered via Skype from a man living in Saudi Arabia. Who <laughs> <laughs> spent half the time talking about wham. I don't know what he was doing. But no, that was fun. We had pie, we had a lot of beer. And uh, we showed up to the pub and there was a pub crawl happening in it. And it was a nightmare for me. Why? Because it was just a bunch of students dressed in nativity scenes. I don't think they were students. I, know, I think they were older than shit. I think they did not. I think to say they were students gives them too much credit. <laughs> okay. I think they were just bricks. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was a bunch of people dressed in the nativity scene. So like wise men and shepherds and a yeah, Joseph yeah. and a Mary and stuff. I don't know what the nativity scene is. No, they were holding a, a doll of a baby. And I was like, who's that? Yeah. Who is that? Yeah. Um, I originally thought it was our fans. I thought that oh, been our great. fans have come. That would have been great. Yeah. 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 But they, maybe they were. Maybe they were too scared to say hello to us. That's why they were so drunk, because they I, were nervous. I hope they're not the fans we have. 
Well, I don't know. Because they were awful. Awful, <laughs> awful people. Well, after our anti-fairy tale of New York rant, I'm sure... I'm sure, <laughs> sure those were... kind of people are... Hopefully those kind of people are turned off. Fuck off! Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm sure Tommy Robinson loves fairy tale for New York. And then you had a party the next day. Yeah, I had a, I had a party in my flat, which... Um, Very nice. It's currently on, still on fire, by the way. We should probably... Um, what do we do something about that? Um, it was fun. Yeah, there was, was nice. a lot of people. My flat isn't that big. A lot of people were in here. It was a very nice atmosphere. You had that Netflix video of a fire going <laughs> that's like an hour long and it's just a video of a fire. I originally wanted to just have like Christmas films on mute. That'd be good. Like you're in a bar. Yeah. Like you're in a bar and it's just playing Home Alone 2. Yeah. And there is Polar Express or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted, but I wanted particularly, you know, the Hallmark ones that they play around this time of year. I love those films well, they, so much. They were playing a few on, like, some of the crappy channels you get, like, Freeview. The thing is, they don't actually, a lot of them don't look Christmassy because they just have scenes in offices. <laughs> they don't look <laughs> that always, Christmassy. Yeah, well, it's always a, it's always a career-driven woman mm. who is very attractive, goes to a small town and uh, meets... You, isn't it her hometown? Or a, or a hometown, and meets the quaint people there, learns to respect people below her, mm-hmm. meets a very attractive man who is mm-hmm. probably a single father. They don't get on at first, and then they do. Mm-hmm. And then they fall in love, and you're never questioning why neither person had a partner before now. Yeah. And then it's Christmas. And also, Father Christmas is always in it, but you don't know that it's him. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. always like an old man with a beard who gives them a lesson. Who's playing Santa at the mall. Yeah, and then it turns yeah. out he was the real one. And it's like, whoa, so they're about magic then, or what, what yeah. happened in this film? Yeah. Wait, so the real Santa just hangs out at Newark, New Jersey on Christmas Eve? Yeah, it's yeah. always that. This is the exact same formula, and they're all great. It's funny how the plot that you just described is basically the plot of Pocahontas minus Santa Claus. Whoa. Isn't Pocahontas, that weird? the best Christmas film of all time. <laughs> Speaking of buying the Bible, how pathetic it is. Oh, God, Do you yeah. remember uh, yesterday at so my you, party? Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about doing this podcast that you're now listening to. Uh-huh. On the Monday morning, we were going through my copy of the Bible in my hallway as someone entered the party. Like someone was let into the door. Yeah. My girlfriend is friends with a lot of very cool, attractive people. They're all really cool. Yes. Yeah. And they're all very fun loving and they're very hip. And there were a lot of very nice, (laughs) fun, interesting people at my party. And yet in the corner... There were just two pasty people <laughs> frantically going through the Trying Bible. to count how many pages are in Judges to see if we could do this all in one episode. <laughs> we had to keep going, we're really sorry, it's for a podcast. And they were going, what? Like some of them weren't, English wasn't their first language. And they were like, "What? Are you, who, who are these people? Yeah. Um, and it looked, you know what it looked like? Especially because someone came out of the party to go to the toilet, saw us tr- skipping through the Bible and went, fuck's sake <laughs> like went into the toilet it, what it looked like is that we had tricked people into coming to your house with a fun party and then we were going to come out and do like a sermon and go no this is what christmas is about and then we sit down and we make them listen to it but this in flat act- is a flat of sin exactly but in actuality that isn't what's happening but that is ha- what's happening right now. So sit yourselves down. We're about to read you the Bible, you absolute heathens. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Judges. I do. I mean, it's starting to ruin our lives. I mean, what was, I, I mean what, I'm sorry. I don't know what kind of life you had before this, but it's not really affecting mine other than I've got no family anymore. That's been our weekend. And Christmas is coming up. You got any Christmas plans? Uh, Going to roast some chestnuts on an open fire for some reason. Great. I think Jack Frost is, says he's going to suck me off. 
Yeah, he's going to. Is that, is that what he's been saying? He's going to nip at your nose, but he's not very good at biology, so <laughs> he's just going to have a go, have a crack. <laughs> he's going to have a crack. Good luck to him. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll Bible Corp. Usually, I'm just with my family, but Bible Corp have taken our families. Yeah, we don't have families at the moment, which so is well, fine. No, because Bible Corp have sent them to Hawaii, wink, uh, and they're absolutely fine over there. Well, I might actually try and go and see them. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of doing this Christmas. Yeah. Well, we've had an inkling where, they've, where they are. I received yeah. a Christmas card from them, uh, but it's all been redacted. But there is a stamp on the envelope, so maybe at least we will... Uh, yeah, yeah. Them. Yeah. We know their postcode, so I think... Uh, we'll give it a crack anyway. Yeah, we'll have a go. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, But no. Christmas so. time. I am starting to feel a bit festive. Yeah? I have to say that. I don't usually feel that festive, but I'm starting to feel a bit festive. Oh, a little, little Grinch in his little mountains feeling a bit shut better. Up, shut the fuck up. Oh, okay. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Okay. <laughs> oh, little, little Grinch. What do you think is your... Sorry, I don't know where that came what from. What was that? <laughs> have you bought your presents yet? No, I tend to do it a little bit late because... Yeah. Uh, Oh, you're going to hate me for this. this I'm not going to hate you. This is going to be this is classic McLaughlin fodder for something you're going to moan at what me about. What do you about. mean fodder? I don't have fodder, okay? You're a good friend of mine if, and I'm delighted that you're here. If I ever say something I like, you go like, oh, you're such a turd. Like, <laughs> well, that's the dynamic. All right, here we go. Okay. I like going Christmas shopping late because I like Christmas and I like the atmosphere. So I prefer being in shops and walking the streets with the bags and it's dead busy. And I actually really like that because I think it's very lovely and Christmassy. Genuine? So I genuinely leave it late because I like the panic that everyone has around me as I'm buying stuff. Okay. I'm going to surprise you here God, when I say this. Oh God, he's going to do it. What? He's going to nip at my nose. I have no issue with that. Okay. At all. All right. I also like being around shops at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Any listeners here, try and shop in your local shops. Don't do it all online. Exactly. It's more, fun, it's more fun if you go and get it. I don't know why... You don't need to leave it late, though. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Oxford Street tonight, and I bet that will still be plenty busy. Also, there's a bit of work I'm doing that I'm relying on to be able to afford the gifts <laughs> that I haven't done yet. <laughs> so it might be that it might also be that. I can forward you the money. No, thank you. Why? I don't want your dirty money. It's not dirty, is it? Yeah. Not, how's my money dirty? I just know what you do for your money. And I don't want any part of it. I know you're out there dancing for all the gross men. Yeah, I dance. Okay? Yeah, yeah I don't like it. Why can't you just be kind and respect me? Um, I have not finished my Christmas shopping. Okay. But let me tell you, listeners, if you haven't finished your Christmas shopping, I've got a couple of good present ideas for you. All right. Elliot, how many people do you need to buy gifts for? Uh, three. Three. Okay. Yeah. Do you have to buy different gifts for different people or... do? Do, do people figure out, like, oh, you bought us all the same gift? No, I get... You like doing different things with different people, yeah. Four. <laughs> Four? Four. Why? <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot my mum. <laughs> oh, I included my, my brother's new wife, and it f- made me forget <laughs> the other one. <laughs> Oh God! All right, ask, oh, sorry. Ask me no, again. it's that's right. What um, <laughs> whatever happens, mm. we've got some pretty fail-safe gift ideas. Yeah. Okay. Always get the Bible, and then also whatever Sean's going to promote. <laughs> buy the Bible. That's number one. Yes. Okay. Buy the Bible for a loved one. Exactly. I'm going to okay. buy four of them. I've got some things I need to plug. So we all have presents to give. That's the key thing. 
Yes, we do. And some people like to give the present of comfort. Uh-huh. Okay, weird. Some give a present going, oh, this is something you can wear. But I think... <laughs> <laughs> Your Christmas sounds like so creepy. <laughs> we pull Hello, the sword mother. out. We talk about how much we love each other. Hello, mother. This is something you can wear. To you, I give the gift of comfort. <laughs> like, such a creepy ghost Christmas. Creepy ghost Christmas. Um, also, shout out to Gleebjax4. Keep celebrating Space Christmas. Enjoy that Space Christmas and shalak <laughs> to you yes thank you for all the reviews on uh, iTunes or on Gleeblacks 4 <laughs> um, whether you're celebrating uh, Space Christmas or real Christmas <sighs> gonna get some fan mail for that one aren't we <laughs> I think the gift that you should give the most in these tense times is the gift of laughter oh laughter okay you remember that listeners <laughs> you must have heard, heard that on another podcast at some point we laugh on this a lot we we laugh <laughs> we we think it's a good podcast <laughs> we think it's the best podcast in the world exactly i i've got a couple of things that i'm bringing out i've been working on some stuff and the way that it's fallen is that they're basically both they've both been released in the same week i'm releasing a comedy album yes you are hello hello i'm releasing a comedy album great amazing it's called Support Act. Yeah. It's been made by some nice folks over in America. You know the USA? Yeah. I've you ever heard, heard of it? it? I've heard of it. Heard of it? I've well, heard of it. some people over there have got some emails. They've been going back and forth with me, and they're releasing an album of mine. And it's out now on iTunes, on Amazon, on Google. I don't even know how you buy things on Google. <laughs> Google Play, is that a thing? Yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, fair enough. Something like that. Anyway, you can listen to it on Spotify and Amazon as well, but come on, fucking buy it. Uh, It's called Support Act. It's about 50 minutes of me doing stand-up, and uh, it's pretty good, I think. That's fantastic. Pretty good. Uh, And what it is certainly is a wonderful aperitif for my next announcement, which is that I am going on tour next year, listeners. Whoa. I don't know how to sell this. What, the tour? Well, I'm bad at selling things in general. I don't know if you know my stand-up listeners. Or if you just know me through this, but uh, I'm doing my show that I did in Edinburgh Fringe, yeah, and I'm taking it on the road, and the tickets are available now, critically and audiencely acclaimed, commercially. Was it? Well, I, I, I didn't want to. I don't want to negotiate. I don't want to ask you about that. No, but, I guess it was. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, great. So it's already had a fantastic run. It was selling out every day. Yeah. Great. So now you can see that all across the country. All across the country. Um, Shall I I read out where we're going? Right. If you live in or are near London, Glasgow, Manchester, Leicester, Northampton, Liverpool, Bristol, Birmingham, Aldershot, Bath, Brighton, Cambridge, Exeter, and then London again. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you've moved to London after all those. Great. Um, I'm coming to those places. And in those places. Fantastic. Um, and uh, so the Soho run as well is happening. Well, that's the, the, is, that, is that the last bit of the tour? That's the first bit. That's the first, first bit, bit is the Soho run on the 1st and 2nd of March. The rest of them are either late, mid to late March and the beginning of April. Uh, there might be a couple more dates added. If you go to seanmclaughlincomedy.com, there'll be links to tickets to all those places. And it'll be so nice to get you, Fantastic. Get you there. And tickets are already selling. There are already a lot of tickets sold. So go for it. So just go for it and give it to your give it to your aunt and go, Hey aunt, 
Here, Merry Christmas. Here's two tickets to Sean McLaughlin and she'll at say, the Phoenix in Exeter. And she'll go, who the fuck is that? And you'll go, well, a great introduction is this album, Support Act, which Support I've also Act. got for you. And she'll go, ugh, I don't want to listen to this. I, do, I don't, I don't want to listen to this. And you go, well, why don't you listen to this? And it's the podcast. Yeah, so, you know, trickle in like that, foot in the door. Yeah. And then eventually she'll become obsessed with Sean McLaughlin. Basically, we expect you to only push us and our products yeah. this Christmas. Yes, exactly. Otherwise, what sort of fan are you? Yeah, like, who do you think you are? <laughs> who do you think you are? If you haven't left a review, buy something from Sean. There are your two options. Or do both. Or do both. How wonderful. Very excited to go back uh, on the road. Very happy with the album. Great. I'm very happy to be here presenting this wonderful festive edition of Sean and Elliot Read the Bible. Excellent. Should Me we too. tuck into some judges? Let's get in there. Tuck, tuck. Twinkle, twinkle, little Christmas. God, you remember... Do you know what was sad about that? What? It was only towards the end you realised that it wasn't a Christmas thing that you'd said. No, it is. Twinkle... Twinkle, twinkle, little Christmas? Yeah. Okay, carry on. What's the next line? Uh, How I wonder, do I make a wish list? My grandchildren (laughs) showed me Amazon and Google. Swallow your fucking pride. I cannot understand how to use them. Please repeat that again. Can you repeat that one more? Twinkle, twinkle, little Christmas. Twinkle. How I wonder. No, 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 no. Here we go. Twinkle, twinkle, little Christmas. Yep. How I wonder do I wish list. My grandchildren taught me how to Amazon and Google, but I still don't know how I'm meant to use them. They said, do you want... Oh, God. Crockery or book. You're overcommitting. And I said to them... Wait, just right there, I'll look. <laughs> so upon my laptop, so, so painful I did witness. surf. I clicked, surf. I clicked on the logo with a whole bunch of mirth. I found... For the love of God, Elliot. I did want to buy, but thought oh, it God. best not to say hi. Jill, will you buy me this sex toy? So I, instead, I said it. To the boy. Jack, Jack, go out and buy me this thing so I can pretend your grandfather is still. Oh, he's bottled it. Oh my god, he's bottled it. (laughs) He's still. He's bottled it. He's still. In. In. Me. Oh. Elliot? Elliot, no one. No one listening to this, yeah. ironically, will judge you. Okay. I mean, this is like this is like Britain today. We had a bad idea, yeah. and instead of admitting early on that it was a bad idea... No, it wasn't a bad idea. You overcommitted. No, it was a song. You refused to accept... It's a Christmas song that we all know. Well, then sing it again. Okay. Sing it again right now for us. Okay, I will. Actually, please don't. Twinkle, I, 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 twinkle. The thought of having to watch you panic twice in a row. Twinkle, yeah, twinkle. Yes, twinkle, little, little Christmas. Christmas. How I wonder... Don't laugh at me. Don't laugh at me. I'm you, not laughing. You cheap, lousy... F- <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. I won't. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway. <clears throat> so it's the Book of Judges, anyway. The bo- <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Hey, um, uh, Great. Anyway, it's a very, very festive book. We're delighted. Uh, a lot of our sort of 
Christian, well, uh, sort of Christmas, mm-hmm. Germanic Christmas traditions come from this book. And it's also just got some great stories as well. So this is fabulous. It's great. I love the way this one's done. So this yeah. is uh, a collection of short stories. It's like an anthology yeah. of the newest leaders of the Israelites. Yeah. So, Joshua died in the last one, as we know. Yeah. Joshua was the follow-on from Moses. And basically the idea is we now follow a series of stories that all have the exact same plot, yes. essentially. It's, with, a, it's a downward spiral. The Israelites forget what God wants them to do or mm-hmm. ignores what God wants them to do. Even though that's how Moses and Joshua, just before they died, said, yeah. please just keep following the word of the Lord. So that's what happens. They forget what they want to do. Yep. They get fucked over. They ask for God's help. God sends them a judge, yep. which is more like a, it's like a warrior. Yes, yeah, so not, not an actual, They're not judges in it. It's like that's judge, what that's Judge Judy is not coming on. If you're here going, it's, it's not like a person going, no, no you're not. You're not going to do that. This is, I got, you got, you got to pay compensation if you're lazy. You got, you got a kid. You're a bum. You're a bum. Yeah. Get off your Nintendo. Yeah. Is that, I've never seen Judge Judy. Is that what she sounds like? That's a unbelievably accurate impression that is frankly wasted on this podcast. Really? Yeah. Okay, so should we pretend that she's here for the rest of the show? I don't think we should go that far, Elliot. Really? Because I think you should commit to your bit, like like your hero, me. Oh, really? Yeah. I think you should keep doing that. Twinkle, twinkle, fuck off. Twinkle, twinkle, what's in this drink? <laughs> what's in this drinkle? Um, so, yes, so it's always that. The, yeah, so God that... sends them a warrior to save them. Mm-hmm. The warrior saves them. And then the warrior dies, and they, and everyone, they go back every, to the beginning. Everyone forgets God's laws again and keeps going. But it means that every time it ends, every time one of these judges dies, mm. they're in a worse position than they were in at the start. So it means each time they forget, they're getting worse and worse. Yeah. And this is like the fall of, not the fall of the Israelites, but I mean like this is them not being looked upon favorably by God yeah. for many reasons. And uh, you'll you'll see why, and it's... You'll see. It's fun as heck. It's a very fun one. It's a very fun one. Yeah, they keep uh, forgetting all of the important laws of God because for yeah. some reason nobody's written them down. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, they should really all these stories about like Moses and Noah and stuff. They should just like write it all down. Yeah, but they haven't. I don't know why they haven't just done that. I don't get it. Set up a podcast. Yeah. So I guess we begin this festive tale with snow falling in the promised land. Yes, as it never did, as it never has before. <laughs> A single star in the sky. Yes. Lovely evergreen trees. And what's that in the background? Oh, winter deer. A winter deer? Winter deer. A winter deer? Oh. Why don't you know the words to anything? What's that over there? <laughs> yeah. Boris, what is that? Boris, Boris what? <laughs> it's a crowded local pub. <laughs> okay. With men and women of all ages chatting about the festive period. Mm-hmm. We're getting a look into your I'm Christmas, just setting, aren't we? Just setting the scene for okay. the listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what Christmas means to Sean McLaughlin. What's and what's that over there? Mm-hmm. Oh, my good Lord. It's the mice from Babe. No, it's what is it? young nippers playing with their new rollerblades. Oh, okay. That's the... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And what's that over there? I don't know. I genuinely have no idea. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a local uh, homeless shelter providing soup <laughs> and bread. Very offensive way of... For the people... <laughs> well, what do you mean? Very offensive image of homeless people. What image? They're, 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 they're receiving gratitude 
from the local community because tis the season to be giving. Okay. Okay. I can. I can so get I think the listeners it. now are feeling they've, they've warmed the cockles of their heart, uh-huh. and we can begin this beautiful story. Yes. So that's a lovely scene setting, <laughs> but it's not the scene we're in. I like After the death of Joshua, yeah. the Israelites asked the Lord, who will be the first to go up and fight for us against the Canaanites? The Lord answered in his booming voice, ho, 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 Judah is to go. Ah, that's nice. Good yes. work. Yes. So Judah mm-hmm. gathers them all up, yep. attacks a bunch of people, yep. slaughters them yep. in that festive tradition. Yes. And what do we do every Christmas when you attack a rival king? Cut off their thumbs and toes. Thumbs and toes. What? Yes. <laughs> they, cut, they cut off the thumbs and toes. Adoni Bezek is one of the kings who flees the Israelites, mm-hmm. gets chased down. They cut off his thumbs and his toes. And he says, 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off have picked up scraps under my table. Now God has paid me back for what I did to them. <laughs> so I guess the message of the story is, if you're going to cut off the thumbs and toes of a certain amount of kings, make sure that amount is less than 70. Otherwise, it'll happen to you. Yeah. Yeah. Fair play. Fair play. So that's basically that whole story. Uh, (laughs) That's genuinely that whole book. Um, But then we're introduced to the first major judge. The first of the judges. We'll start there. Uh, Othniel. Othniel. Which Um, is also a shit pointless story. It's pretty much that. But he is a main one. So basically, he's just been anointed as the new... Yeah, basically says the Israelites are in trouble. You should now lead the Israelites back up. And he's he's kind of the first major judge that we meet. There's a bunch of minor ones who we don't really much skip over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Othniel rises the Israelites up against their leaders, Mm -hmm. does a good job. It's not really gone into much detail. The key thing is he dies. The Israelites fall back into their old slumber and we're introduced to a little person called Ehud. Ehud. So Ehud is the second major judge. Yeah. The, The problem with Othniel is... That's basically the blueprint for how the judges should kind of be. Yeah, they're yeah, leading yeah. the army, they're doing a good job, they die. But then the Israelites forget God's laws again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that's, that's why Othniel is boring. Ehud's yeah. great. Ehud Let's is get great. Into it. Ehud is great. The Israelites are doing evil in the eyes of the Lord, mm-hmm. as we know. Uh, Israelites are now in control of Eglon, king of Moab, who the Bible describes as a very fat man. And that's verbatim. That's it's... the words of the Bible. Yes. He's a fat man. Yes. You know, on a day like Christmas, he'd enjoy a goose. He, he might enjoy a goose. That's how you get, that's how you put on weight. You just by eating goose. <laughs> don't eat goose, guys. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Ehud yes. is left-handed. The two, yeah, the two sort of things that are told to us, which is he's left-handed and that the king is fat. Yeah. Then, at first you think, why are they mentioning that? They're both relevant. It's that famous, <laughs> that famous phrase we all know. Who would win in a fight, a left-handed man or a fat man? Let's find out. So, Ehud... Who's your money on? Uh, well, at this point, who knows? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, Eglon's got the strength, but Ehud's got the element of surprise. Uh, Ehud makes a double-edged sword and hides it in, next to his right thigh in yeah. a sheath. And double-edged sword, right? Th- that's where we get that phrase. Yeah. Wow, it really was a right thigh sheath. Exactly. Yeah. We all know that, especially this time of year. Yeah, yeah. So he goes to Eglon, fat king, and presents the sword as a gift. Yeah. Which, for some reason, no one takes off him. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> he I, just kind of holds the sword and goes, this is for you. Wink to camera. <laughs> this is sword, sword is for you. The thing is, is it a sword or is it just another... No, he offers the sword as a gift. Is it the tribute? I thought there was another tribute and the sword was hidden. I think the sword's the gift. 
Or is it like, hey, look, I've got a sword. <laughs> I've got a sword. I've got a sword. What a great tribute. I don't know. I think the point of this podcast by this point is obviously we're not reading this right are we <laughs> we're too dumb to know what this all means. you need to know is guys Edward's in the room with Eglon then he says to Eglon the fat king oh I need to tell you a secret I'm gonna need, I need genuinely, to that's a secret. All, genuinely that's all that happens he goes oh I've got a secret for you yeah got, hey mate uh, I've got something to tell you Eglon the fat king thinks hmm it's probably that he has a secret source of dime bars I must listen to it <laughs> So Eglon sends out all of the servants and bodyguards that he's got. So it's just Eglon and Erhud in the room. Yeah. And then... Let's... Wait. We need to not... We need to make sure this... This cannot be overstated. Yeah. The king is told by a stranger... Who is the rival chief of the army. Yeah. That he has a secret for him and immediately banishes all of his servants and protectors. Yes. Okay. That's just what's happening. You need to deal with it. You need to deal with it. All right. Preferably with a mince pie in your hand and a lovely family member on your knee. We don't care which one. Put, put your dad on your knee. Who cares? So Ehud and Eglon are in the room on their own. Element of surprise. Ehud uses his left hand Whoa. to pull out the sword from his right thigh and then stab it straight into Eglon's belly, which, as we all remember, is fat. Is that why they mentioned it was left-handed? I think it's because not many people are left-handed. So maybe he... Surely he could have just put the sword on his left thigh and used his right hand, and given he was alone in the room with this man... It's because no one's expecting him to use his left hand to do stuff. Well, I mean, if these people are so gullible enough that you could just get them alone in a room by telling them they've got a secret... He didn't know how thick they were. Yeah, he probably couldn't believe his luck, really. (laughs) But the way it's written is brilliant. Uh, He stabs him. And the haft also went in after the blade... And the fat closed upon the blade so that he could not draw the dagger out of his belly. And the dirt came out. So two important details there. He stabbed Eglon, the king. The fat on the king closed up around the sword. So much like Excalibur in the stone, you couldn't get it out anymore. Yeah. It's just stuck in him. And also, the king shit himself. <laughs> not That's not as being like silly little rude boys, grandmas. Yeah. The king shat himself, I just and that's had... part of the story. And again, it's an important part of the story that he's pooed himself. Yeah, the fact that he shat himself is a remarkable plot point. It's 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 Ehud's saviour is that Eglon's pooed. Yeah, Ehud then locks the door, mm-hmm. runs out the room. The servants, who have been banished, mm-hmm. go back up outside. Yep. And uh, let me just find the exact... Uh, there we go, here's the exact wording. The servants came and found the doors of the upper room locked... They said he must be relieving himself in the inner room of the house. We don't obviously, know if there's a toilet they, or I think they, I think they smell the shit. They smell the I poo. I honestly think that that is what... Oh, he smells the shit. He must be having a shit. The poo being a plot point in this book is so weird, isn't it? Isn't that so weird after everything we've come across by this point? So what happens then is the servants wait around for so long for the king to come out from doing his poo. It says here they waited to the point of embarrassment. Yeah. Whatever so that means. We don't know who's meant to be embarrassed. If, if the idea is then it's like, oh, well, this can't be a healthy poo because he's been in there too long. So then eventually they break down the doors and they find their king dead on the floor. Yeah. Sword still in him. Poo no longer in him. Of course. Ehud escapes and then leads the Israelites, and they're all living under God's laws again, more or less, basically, the way they remember them. Ehud dies, and is replaced by a minor one called Shamgar, who just killed a bunch of people, who cares? He killed 600 Philistines with an ox goad. 
Great, whatever. What's an ox goad? Who cares? It's not going to be explained to us, is it? Well, I guess not. Uh, uh, Shamgar it... dies. Yeah. As as we've said before, Israelites get shit. Mm-hmm. They pray for God again, and here comes Deborah. Deborah, who is the third major judge, and the first. Should we just say this first female protagonist who's a hero and not an idiot in the Bible? Maybe. Well, even then, to call her a protagonist. So the problem, the silver lining. Female leader. Silver, silver tinsel. Silver tinsel, female leader. Yes. The cloud on the silver tinsel. The nutcracker on the silver tinsel. And it is a nutcracker for a woman to be a judge. Is Very well done. <laughs> Thank you. Is that Deborah is a very much a background character in her own story. She's yeah. the only judge who is kind of mentioned but isn't the hero. Deborah leads the army, does a good job, is very successful... But that's not the point of the story. No. The point of the story moves away from Deborah to a different woman called, I believe it's Yael. 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 And Yael finds the leader of the current bad guy army that Deborah's mm. trying to defeat. Yael goes into the tent of the enemy leader. Sisera? Sisera is correct. And she kind of subdues him or seduces him or does something mm. where he is then sleeping and she drives a tent pole through his head and kills him. And that's where we get the Christmas tradition, putting a tent pole in the through your enemy's head. Through your enemy's head. Which we all do every Christmas. Exactly, every 17th of December. Remember to do that. Then she comes out of the tent and says to Deborah and her army, the guy you're looking for is in there. He's dead already. <sighs> then Yael is kind of the hero, but Deborah and army leave, blow some trumpets, and they sing a song for Deborah. Deborah, the hero that nobody really noticed <laughs> at all. The song for Deborah is a very long song. It is. We, we sing it every Christmas. Yeah. There's no need to sing it now. So then Deborah leaves him for a while, and much like everyone else, she succumbs to death. It happens to all of us. Okay? Just because it's a nice time of year doesn't mean it's not a time of reflection, not just on what we've done this year, but who we've lost, and who we may lose very soon. Yeah. And I always stress that mm-hmm. when I'm sitting around with my family at Christmas, yeah. every five minutes I say, yeah. you know, someone's just died. And I demand that we bow our heads. Absolutely. I say, no, we now bow our heads for three minutes. Mm-hmm. And then we just wait. And then... and then we wait and we just dwell on that. Mm-hmm. And then we eat for two minutes. We eat some potatoes. We eat some other stuff. Yeah. And like someone, someone else has died, actually. <laughs> Someone died. And then you yeah. then we go bow, bow our heads. Bow our heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, so, and then we all bow our heads. Yeah, and we think about who's died. And we think about who's died. And then we wait. And then we have a bit of a turkey. Yeah. Or I don't, I don't eat meat. I'll have some stuffing maybe. Sure. Yeah, a bit of other stuff. Yeah. And then we eat. And then we chat. And we talk about all the presents we've got outside. And then I go, oh, sh- sh- shut the fuck up. Someone's died. <laughs> actually, actually, someone's died. So can you show a bit of respect? Please, everyone. And then I, everyone puts their heads down. Yeah. And people at this point are crying because <laughs> I think because they realise just how sad it is Scary that someone has died. Yeah. Dinner got cold while dinner, you were dinner, dinner gets cold. <laughs> I'm not going to say it doesn't get cold. And then actually that, that came up last year. That came yeah. up. My sister was like, sure, the dinner is cold. I go, yeah, yeah. As cold as the body will be in the grave. And she was like, what are you doing? How do you know exactly the second that someone's died? And you're like, shh, shh, shh. You go, statistics. Head down, head down, head down. I go, statistics, bitch. <laughs> Statistics, bitch. Statistics, bitch. <laughs> okay. And then we wake up, yep. and then we, we do it all again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that's it. That's, I don't think that's an unusual thing. No. no. Not at all. Anyway, Deborah's rotting in the ground. She's rotting in the ground, still there to this day. Absolutely. And um, I'll, be, I'll be remembering her uh, at Christmas. 
Um, do other people's Christmas meals take as long as ours do, by the way? It's four days. Four, four days it of... It takes us four days... Of eating the meal. Of eating the meal. Yeah, that's too long. But, I mean, what are you going to do? You're having three minutes of silence every time someone dies. I mean, it takes a while. Yeah, fair. Fair enough. So Deborah's, let's say, passed on. Yeah. Let's just say that, shall we? She's passed on. Yeah, yeah. Let's be delicate with it. Uh, and we're introduced to our next major judge. Best character. Best character. Would you say? We, there's two big famous characters in this book, and uh, I think this is... This I've got is a couple a... of favourites. I'd say the last two are my favourites, so yeah. you can go with Gideon, do and I'll do, this, I'll do the two after that. Do you know what? I'm going to go back. My favourite is Shamgar. You love Shamgar? Yeah. <laughs> with his, with his ox, of him. Oxgade. All right, so you tell us the story of Gideon. Gideon. Who is, of course, who my Bible is named after? Yeah, you've got the Gideon edition. I've got the Gideon Bible. Yes. So I, I imagine the group chose their name after the this character of Gideon. Yeah. You could oh, yeah. say they were Gideon Gideon. Oh, that's, yeah, you could say that. You could say that, couldn't you? Yeah. Someone's died, Elliot. The Israelites are struggling once more. They've been taken over by a rival group. Everything's gone to shit. The angel of the Lord came and sat down. Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared, he said to Gideon, the Lord is with you. You, Gideon, are going to lead the Israelites back. And Gideon says, but Lord, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in, in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. That's <laughs> my really family's, sweet. My family's shit, and I'm the shittiest one. <laughs> and they all know it. They all know it. I'm a nerd. Look at my orthopedic shoes. I just had a chance. So that's the image we want in the head for this one, spot a little teenager. Yes, because the Lord then answers, I will be with you and you will strike down all of the Midianites together. And so begins what I view as an astonishing sexual awakening in this young man. See, you're reading this differently to me, so I'll let you run with it. Okay. And then maybe I'll do my classic thing of just explaining the story when you're done. <laughs> well, I'm just going to read from the Bible and we're going to see what you think is happening here. Wait, wait. What? If you... Read the word come mm -hmm. and then pause mm -hmm. or put an emphasis on the word come. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll skin you. You'll do you understand me? You'll I'll what? skin you. You will do that yes. to me? Yes. I honestly, Elliot, you've been calling me out for this bullshit for at least three episodes. If I'm reading direct quotes from the Bible, you need to get a grip of yourself, okay? It feels like you don't like this book as much as I do. They have a little pact anyway. The sort of the angel of God... And Gideon have this pact. Because Gideon is still unsure. He's like, I don't think you really want me, God. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and prepare like a sort of tribute for you. And then I'm going to come back. And if you're still here, if you're still here and receive my tribute, then I'll know that you're with me. Which is the first of many very odd sort of bargains G he makes Gideon's with the Lord. Gideon's trying to pull a lot of strings here. He's trying to... He really doesn't know his place around God. Uh, yeah, but he's a kid, you he's know. He's demanding a lot of stuff from God, and God, for some reason, is going along with it. Okay. I think it's because he's desperate at this point. So here's what, here's what Gideon does to try and uh, impress the Lord. He went in. He prepared a young goat. And from an effort of flour, he made bread without yeast. We all know what that is. Putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot. 
So what do you, what do you think about it. that? Nothing's wrong with that. You don't making, think there's anything wrong with that? Making some bread, as we all know, we know how we do that. So maybe that's where you're reading into the... the you don't think putting his meat in a basket and putting the broth in a pot, you don't think he's maybe trying to explore what that little genitalia is doing? You don't think that's what... It might be, it might be. Okay. The angel of the God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock and pour out the broth. You don't think that's kinky? I think it's kinky, uh, but I think it's fine. It's nothing to judge, nothing too, nothing too bad in there. Just... Yeah, okay, okay. Gideon did so. With the tip of the staff that was in his hand, mm-hmm. the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread. Am I reading Fifty Shades of Grey here or am I reading the Bible? The tip of his staff, grabbing the meat, touching the unleavened bread. You're weird. I'm not weird. <laughs> you're reading this. You're reading sex into this entirely. Okay. This is well, a children's book, mate. Let's no, never forget the Bible is for children, okay? Fire flared from the rock. Are you kidding me? That's that, is the, the, that, is the most, that is the most sexual thing. That is, I mean, every time I make love, fire flares from the rock. Every time. No matter where he is. No matter where he is. <laughs> Fire! He goes. Oh, oh, Sean McLaughlin's just got his nut cracked. Is that what's happened there? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Consuming the meat and the bread, the angel of the Lord disappeared, and Gideon realised that it was the angel of the Lord, and he said, "Ah, oh, sovereign Lord, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face." So Gideon's the man. He, he is. knows he's the man. He's young. He's a square. Mm-hmm. He's pimple faced. Mm-hmm. He's just lost his virginity to a ghost. Okay. But he's the man. But. He's still demanding a couple more bits of proof here. Yes. So he's saying, okay, I'll lead your army, but I'm going to need a bit of evidence that you're in charge here. <laughs> I'm going to need a bit more proof, preferably with me wanking. <laughs> and then God says, fine. fine. So Gideon asks him to do <laughs> two very weird things. I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there is dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I will know you will save Israel by my hand. And that is what happened. He okay. squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew. Yeah, so he leaves it overnight. Leaves Suddenly it the, overnight. the wool is wet, and that's apparently proof that God is going to be looking out for him. Allow me one more test, Gideon says to God. Okay. And God says, you know I can like <laughs> move mountains and help you like get magic powers. What, what Do you part, want more proof than this? What part of that rock coming into flame did you not understand? And he goes, like, well. I can do more impressive things than this. He's like, no, 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 let's stick with the wool and the wet. So what he does is he says, all right, all right, you got my wool wet. Let's swap it around here. This time, I'm going to leave the wool on the floor, just like before. But this time, make the floor wet and leave the wool dry. Mm. And God does that because obviously that's the easiest thing in the world for God to be able to do is just like wet your floor and then he wakes up Gideon wakes up and goes okay the wall's dry yeah. that means you must be on my side and God's and, like yeah but I do magic tricks as yeah, well you yeah. know like I'm more impressive than this you know and Gideon is left in charge of the Israelites yeah. and the army he's going to lead them into battle but there's one little problem Gideon's army is too impressive and God's annoyed by it God's tiny penis <laughs> there I said it yeah it's threatened by how impressive Gideon has has built his army. Yes. So God says to Gideon, the thing is, I it's not people aren't going to think that I've done this. People aren't going to think that I've done this. So you're going to have to make this army much smaller. So what he does, first of all, uh, Gideon says to the army, uh, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. 
God tells them to say that to the army. Mm-hmm. And immediately, 22,000 men leave. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. They have, they have thinned out that army, and now surely, even though it was a weird thing to do, they're ready for battle. Now, their army's less impressive. God can lead them into war. Here we go. This is it. The problem is, they're still too impressive for God, though. God still... Because they're standing on their hind legs. You know, they're okay. acting like human beings. All right. So God then makes another strange pact with, okay. uh, with Gideon. Um, Gideon takes the men down to uh, is it a river, uh, and Lord says to him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues like a dog with those who kneel down to drink. So basically, all, all the soldiers get to drink. Most of them kneel down. They maybe cup some water in their hands. Yep, drink it like a normal person would drink from a river. Yep. And then there's another group of people who are just like sticking their faces in, getting their tongues up in there and lapping it up like a dog, which is how the Bible is phrased it, lapping it like a dog. So then they're the two groups of people. Gideon, I assume, points at the ones drinking like people and going, great, here we go, this is my army. And God says, ah, 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 ah. They're the people who have to leave. <laughs> You're going to be stuck with the dog people. Da fuck. <laughs> da fuck, God. And Gideon tells all of the normals to get out. And we're stuck with a bunch of people who possibly nearly drowned <laughs> just now by trying to drink water with face first. Uh, Genuinely feral individuals. Absolutely so weird. Yeah. So we're left with the people who aren't scared for some reason and who don't know how to drink. And there's 300 of them. That's the amount. And God looks at it and says, oh, perfect. This is the army I want fighting for me. Because then they'll say... Look how crap this army is. They must have a good God behind them. Yeah, exactly. That's really weird. And actually quite good that then God's like got a bit of a story there. I yeah. Like that. He's, yeah. he's not perfect. He's a bit insecure. He is a bit insecure. Yeah. Because as we've said, his Johnson is, I mean, it's a, it's a micro penis. It must Probably be. Probably is. I mean, relative to ours, God's micro penis, I assume, is still Godzilla sized. I'd say his penis is the size of one of Saturn's rings. It probably is. Uh, uh, so, so he's got the sh- so he's got his shit army. He's got the shit army, and we cut to the middle of the army to just two people talking in a scene directed by Quentin Tarantino. Basically, right here's here's what happens. It says Gideon arrives just as a man was telling a friend his dream. He said, <laughs> "I have a dream." He was saying, "A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed." The friend then says. This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites his whole camp into his hands. A quarter pounder with cheese. That's what it is. I don't know what you're talking about. Pulp, pulp Fiction. It's like another, it's another anthology story. So. I've never seen Pulp Fiction. You never seen, okay. Is that why you said Tarantino? Yeah, yeah, because it's, like it's cut to just like two randoms having a, like a weird little chat. I've only ever watched one Tarantino film. You've only watched one? Yeah. Okay, what was it? Pull, pull this one from the top of your head. Kill Bill 2. Kill Bill 2. That's the one you're landing on? Yeah. Okay. I think you should leave that in. You want to leave that in as a little, <laughs> as a little Christmas treat? I want listeners to know how many shit jokes we go through before we get to the ones that aren't that shit. That's what the jokes always are for us as well. It's like, we'll commit to saying something, and much like Twinkle Twinkle Little Christmas... We just, for some reason, Kill have Bill to too. follow through with it. We love following through. So I'm not going to cut that joke out. This is Every episode takes us genuinely two days to make. Peek it takes up. us two days to make. Because also, as soon as we start having fun, I remind Elliot that someone has died. <laughs> a peek behind the curtain there. Peek behind the curtain. Uh, so then, Gideon arrives on this conversation about the dream. 
I didn't, it. I never got when I read it, by the way, that it was his own soldiers saying that. I got that yeah. it was from the people they were attacking or something. Well, that's what it is, isn't it? That's what, what it is. He overhears that, though. He over, definitely overhears it. But it's weird that the people he would overhear would know who he is. Yeah. Why would the fuck would the Midianites know who Gideon is? I don't know. I don't oh, know. I know. It's not a question of the logic of this. Yeah. So Gideon hears that and then is filled with confidence that he will actually now defeat all of them. Mm. So he goes back to his own people and says, hey, two randoms have just talked about a dream one of them had. I'm going to win us this war. Stop sniffing each other's butts. <laughs> right? So they go in, they attack. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars that were in their hands. No idea what that means. Who cares? No one knows. The point is they win. They win. They win the battle. Gideon wins. God's with them again. All proven because of that wall stuff. And then that's it. God looks pretty good because this ragtag group of nobodies yeah. has defeated their army. Congratulations, God. And... Uh, then there's a whole lot of Gideon threatening to do terrible things to other armies and doing them. And the Israelites ask him to lead them. And Gideon's response is to say, I will not lead you. Let the Lord lead you. No, I like that. That makes sense, but... Dot, dot, dot. Well, that's the thing. I like it because it's the first time someone's gone, you don't need a leader, mm. okay? God will lead you. You know, I, th- that's fine. You can lead your own life. You don't need me as something. Yeah. But, as Elliot said, he does have one last bizarre request. Yes. Well, the point is here, they've because they haven't written it down, they've forgotten God. So what they're doing is saying, but we'll follow God. And the way we'll do that is if you give me all of your earrings, I'm going to melt them down into a statue, an idol, and then we're going to worship it. Because that is what they think God wants, because that's what all the other gods are. Because they've never written it down. Because they didn't write down what they're meant to be doing and not doing. And they didn't start a podcast about it either. Exactly. So now they're stuck with this thing, and they're doing the wrong thing again, Mm. and the Israelites are going to fall out of favour with God. And that's how we get the Christmas tradition of doing the wrong thing again. Always do the wrong thing. So they do that for a while, worshipping the false idol. Gideon's still kind of in charge, and he dies. He dies. He just dies as an old man. And it says, no sooner had Gideon died than the Israelites again prostitute themselves to the balls, who were the last sort of lot that they were yeah. worshipping. So Yeah, so they've basically gone back to the false gods again, and uh, God's pretty pissed. And Gideon's death leads us to the next judge, the... It's the fifth main judge yeah. of the six. We're rattling through. Absolutely. That's because the last one is a famous guy, and he's going to get his own section. Ooh, baby. So the fifth one is Jephthah, and the tale of Jephthah is an absolute Greek tragedy, if I've ever heard one. <laughs> so Jephthah is kind of like any other judge. He's leading the people through battles and through wars and stuff, and he's saying to God... It's, it's quite a short bit, really. He says to God... If you are on my side and you help me win these battles, my promise to you is I will offer you a sacrifice of whatever first walks through my door when I arrive home. Which I is a weird know. thing. Like, Why would wh- you ever make that? Because Why would you ever make that deal? Because what does he think is going to Does he think his cow's going to come out? Because he goes like, <laughs> well, I sacrifice cows. A cow will come out and I'll sacrifice a cow. I would, but I wouldn't even take the risk. No. I wouldn't take the risk, especially when you know that God has in the past agreed to just doing stuff about a wet rug. That's the thing. Is it, is go for the wet rug one. Go Don't go for the one that could put your family members in danger. Exactly, because that is obviously what happens. <laughs> yeah, for God's sake. He goes home. So Jephthah wins battles. He does very well. He's a good judge. Yeah. Fine. He goes home and says, all right, Lord, I remember our promise. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sacrifice to you whatever comes out of my house. The problem, of course, being that's not what God wants. He's not that bothered about, like, human... He doesn't want human sacrifices. Mm. And the person who comes out of Jephthah's door is his daughter. Uh-oh. His daughter leaves... He, she dances out of the house, in fact, to music. Mm. She's, like, playing... She's playing with a little tambourine or something and dancing around. And Jephthah says, Oh, fuck. This is it. This is going to happen now. I'm going to have to kill her. Yeah. Yeah, he absolutely. Ex- he explains it to her. And she says, Well... If this is what God wants, and then we cut to God, and God goes, "It's not what I want. <laughs> this isn't what I want. You're doing it wrong again." And he goes, "Yeah, well, it's what God wants. It's what God's want, isn't it? Human sacrifice." And he goes, "No, that's the oh, that's the bad guy, God. That's not me." And the daughter's going, "Yep, yeah, that's definitely what God wants. So you can sacrifice me. No, no, I don't want anything. <laughs> you can sacrifice me under one condition. Please let me just wander the desert with my friends for two months." Because I'll ne- because she'll never be married. Because she'll never be married. So she's going to have. That is. So- <laughs> they're going to wander the desert, and she's going to weep because, very specifically, she will never be married. And Jephthah says, "Okay, fine. Go and wander the desert. Have your little gap year. Mm. Come back, mm. and then we'll you'll kill you." And what do you think that means? Well, because the Bible, I think, at this point is protesting too much. <laughs> because I read this as her going, "Okay, fine. And I go out. I'm going to have a fun time. Going to have a good laugh. I'm going to bang about a bit." I'm never going to have a husband, so I'm just going to bang about a bit, yeah. sleep with a bunch of guys, yeah. get my get my end away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, I, and I'm not even going to make them wear rubbers. No, Because exactly. I'm going to die soon. I don't care what I get. I don't care if I get knocked out. Exactly. I'm going to let them pound it raw. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I think she's doing. Which like, is where she... we get the Christmas tradition of pounding it raw. If you wear, if you wear a condom on Christmas Eve, you may, you may as well freaking go out there and fucking shit all over Rudolph. You're loose for himself. <laughs> So she goes out and Christmas I think bangs a bunch of men, but she just wanders the desert, comes back. And the Bible very specifically then says, and so Jephthah did burn her alive. No, I don't want that. Yeah. Jephthah <laughs> sacrifices her, burns her, and it says, and she was a virgin. Goes, well, <laughs> ah, I don't think she was. <laughs> no, 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 I don't think she was. She just had a jolly. She's come back. Her friend's got a weird little... Um, Spot on her mouth, what are they called? <laughs> what, but what, also, how does that change the story? Even in the old days with traditional views, and she was a virgin. Well, okay. Well. Okay. I thought that until you said that. Yeah, we're going to have to think that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's why I think she's not a virgin, is because you've said she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they, she, he burns his virgin daughter, sacrifices her. It's not what God wants, because mm. <laughs> that's bad guy God stuff. And that's basically the end of Jephthah's very sad story, yeah. which he did what God wanted made a promise that he didn't have to keep, and the promise has lost him his young daughter. It's a pretty sorry episode, really, in what is broadly uh, an uplifting book full of laughs and japes. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's what Judges is. It's a complete downward spiral, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Everything's becoming worse and worse and worse. Well, that's the, yeah, I guess the idea is that all of the Israelites are in, a, are in a worse state at the end of this book than they are at the beginning. Yeah. Should we take a break? And then we'll come back with our final judge, who is a little guy. I call him a little guy. He's a very big, big, strong, hunky hefty guy. Yeah. And you might know him as Samson.
agree. Okay. It says they're in Manchester. Okay. So I think we'll just go Manchester. I, do, I just, I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine they'll have that much security around Christmas time. No, right. If we point. go around Christmas time, like it will be a skeleton crew. There'll be no one there. We can just get in, get them out, yeah, yeah, yeah. do what we want. And I know the one thing yeah. that I saw on that Christmas card that wasn't redacted yeah. is that they are listening to the show. <gasps> they did a little in-joke from the show. What did they say? They went, it says, Dear Elliot, oh, and then it's like <gasps> blacked out all the rest of it. And in the corner it goes, it's like little five stars. And it's like a cute little thing, like they're giving it a five star review. Oh, that's so cute. And I'm like, I appreciate you listening to this while Bible Corps kidnap you. But like, go on iTunes and do it. It's don't fun. like, don't just like give yeah, me a yeah, cute yeah. little in joke with the five stars. It's like, you, I know you're not doing anything. You've been kidnapped. Right? Well, you, do you know what's weird as well? I got one from my family. Yeah. And it was, they said the same joke, they're going to do Sean or her. Yeah, yeah. And then it was redacted. Yeah. And at the end it was like three stars and they go, could be better. Needs a bit of work. So you're saying like, don't save them. I'm not saying don't save them, but I'm saying like, actually, I could tell they listened because they didn't give it, you know, they, they, they wanted it to be, they want the show to be better. Okay, we'll get them out, but let's not tell your family to review us officially then. I think we should get them out and then we should frankly have an honest conversation with them about where they think the show should improve and have a disagreement. I think that's the, the first thing we should do okay. is talk to them about how, how they think we should improve the podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay. And right. then we'll go and enjoy like our time Christmas together. and stuff and tell them that somebody's done. It won't, yeah, but it won't. First three days, we should just be brainstorming yeah. the podcast with them. Okay. Right. We'll sort it out at the end, and then we'll just come back to it, all right? Okay, okay. All right, we'll, we'll come back to it. I'll kill you. If you do that again, when I'm recording, I'll kill you. Okay. 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 All right, let's go. Let's turn it on. <clears throat> all right. <clears throat> Welcome back to the show. Uh, and we're going to come back now with the final story, the final major judge of judges. And his name is Samson. Samson! Galaxy SG! <laughs> Nice. Uh, but we have been joking around about Christmas and stuff. Mm. And side note, apologies if you're listening to this not around Christmas. Why? Well, because it's like a show where you do need to listen to every episode. But if you, if it's April and mm. you've arrived to it late, uh, tough titties, bro. Well, yeah. But it's yeah. the same as when... You, that's, that's a ridiculous thing to apologise for. I don't know. You honestly... You honestly are apologising to that. Nah. If I'm watching... If I'm watching like a, a, a series, a TV series, if I'm watching Christmas. Friends, I don't want freaking Joey to look at me and go, by the way, if it's not Christmas, we're really sorry. I don't care. <laughs> I'm adult enough to know that seasons change and some things are built for Christmas. All right. All right. Fine. Fine. Okay. <laughs> oh, fair enough, Ellie. No, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. But so we've been joking around, but this story is the Christmas story that you're all actually expecting yeah, right now. Yeah, here it is. Okay. Here it is. Here we go. So we start... With uh, Manoa. 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 You start with Manoa and his wife, who the, are... The, the snow is still falling. The snow is still falling. still falling. What's that in the background? Oh, my God, what is that? Oh, whoa, that family are listening to Paul McCartney's Christmas song. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What are they doing over there? Mm-hmm. Oh, they're arguing about why they didn't get the Thermo Mandal for their son. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. What are they doing over there? Oh, well, it's a third one, is it? <laughs> They're watching the Queen's speech. Okay. Should, we... I'm, I'm painting a picture with my words. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not the picture we need. Okay. The picture we need is a couple yeah. who do not have a child. Yes. Okay. okay, I'll do that. Okay, I'll do that. 
It's fine. It's fine. Okay. So that's them going. Oh, we don't have a child, but it's still Christmas. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so they, there's a couple who don't have a, a child. It's Manoa yeah. and his wife, and they are met by an angel. You know Manoa. Oh yeah. Do you think it's? You know how we've already had Noah. <laughs> yeah. And now we have Menoa. Yeah. Is it a bit like how there's Mario and then there's Wario? Like he's the bad guy version of <laughs> he, Noah. He's kind of the mirror image. Yeah, let's just say that. Let's go with that. What Manoa did is build a really tiny boat for no animals. Or he built a massive animal mm-hmm. and put two arcs in it. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Manoa's wife is met by an angel. And the Don't angel... you roll your eyes a bit. <laughs> I am... Manoa's wife is met by an angel. Mm. And the angel says, you are going to give birth to a very important baby, <gasps> a very important child who's going to be blessed with a great power. Yeah. And in fact, a great responsibility. And the wife is saying, but I am sterile. Yes, we have not had sex. This can't happen. You need sex to have a baby. He does, he's, he's kind of like, oh yeah, well, you are going to have sex. With you. In the future, you will have a baby. Yeah, yeah. And here's an important fact. Never cut the baby's hair. Never bring... Razor, or whatever they have, scissors. Do they have scissors, do you think? They say razor in the Bible. Razor. Never bring no. a razor to the baby's head. Yeah. It's a very odd thing. Yeah. That. It's like a blessing and a curse, I guess. Yeah. So she uh, tells... Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like you're getting the blessing of the baby. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, wow, I've been blessed. I'm getting a baby. But, oh, but you're also be- being cursed because your baby's going to be very ugly and smelly because <laughs> you're not allowed to cut its hair. Your kid's going to get bullied. <laughs> your kid is going to be a fucking... It's rank, mate. But it's fine because he can defend himself. So she goes back to her husband and she explains the prophecy to him and they uh, make a sacrifice for God and find out that the angel has gone up in the flames and they say, oh, it was an angel. Yeah. So this is, this is going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And she does give birth... To a very important baby. It's the Christmas story we all know. She gives birth to Samson. Samson! And Samson is blessed with incredible strength. Yeah. The first display of which in the Bible is super weird. What, the with the lion? Yeah, so yeah. Samson Samson has a theme of being tricked by women he fancies, but also by being super violent. <laughs> So Samson finds a woman he fancies, and she's a Philistine, which is kind of one of the... Are they the rival tribe? They, they're they the kind of the bad guys of the stories, the Philistines. Are, are they, yeah, I think they're, 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 gen, uncir- are they yeah, Gentiles. They're uncircumcised, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He falls for this Philistine woman. He goes to see her, uh, to kind of woo her, and on the way, a lion jumps out to try and attack him. Yes, a young lion came roaring towards him. And then what does he do? The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn apart a young goat. Still Which weird. is still very impressive. Like, that's not what normal people do, yeah. is it? Is that your reference point? You know the way you tear apart a goat, he tore apart a lion? <laughs> a lion like that, yeah. Or what, so he couldn't do it? So he did that. He goes to talk to the woman, the Philistine woman. He woos her. They marry. They marry. They have a relationship. And there's a the weird... greatest vessel to sail on. A relationship. A relationship. Yes. Yes. Uh, but he goes back to his parents. Sorry, I, don't think, on I actually very... don't think you gave me the respect I deserve there. Okay. A relationship is the greatest vessel to ride on, listeners. So, you know, think about that. And Samson is on the way home. Is, to it, his... is it? Did I stutter? A relationship. Do you have any... All right. Do you know what? We're fine. 
And Sam- hoist the mainsail. Hmm. Yeah, I'm no. on a relationship. And Samson, uh, at one point after one of his little trysts with his wife, is going back and sees the carcass of the lion he ripped in half. And he notices inside is honey, a beehive spilling honey. So he takes the beehive and he takes the honey and he just starts eating the honey. Like a fucking maniac. <laughs> a weirdo. He sees a lion he killed and rips out what he's been eating and just eats it himself. And then he also gives some of the honey to his parents who are sailing on a very tiny relationship. There you go. Uh, you can have that one if you want. Uh, so they're eating the honey. To the poop deck. Mm-hmm. Are you dead? So comes the strangest part of the Samson story. Yeah. Which is that he's with the Philistines and his wife, and he basically gathers the community together and says, try and solve this riddle. <laughs> <laughs> and they yeah. go like what? And he goes like, no, I have a riddle for you. And they go like, what? Who the fuck, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. And he gives them the riddle, and the riddle is, I don't know how. What? Well, look, basically, well, he's like doing a bet, saying like, if you can't solve my riddle within the next day, it, give me is... all, give me like loads of your shit, give me all your fabric and clothes, yeah. and like give me like a whole new wardrobe if that's what happens. And they go, okay, fine. Well, but he gives uh, them a riddle that's very specifically something only he knows. <laughs> Well, yeah, in mine it's seven days. Okay. And it says, if you answer the riddle within seven days of the feast, because I think it's a wedding feast, mm-hmm. uh, I will give you 30 linen garments and 30 sets of clothes. If you can't tell me the answer, you must give me 30 linen garments and 30 sets of clothes. Weird wedding. What? <laughs> yeah, and then the best man stands up and is like, oh, okay, now it's my speech, I guess. I think my wedding's going to be like that. Yeah. <laughs> answer me these riddle three. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us your riddle, they said. Let's hear it. So the riddle is... Out of the eater... Came forth meat. And out of the strong came forth sweetness. And they could not, in three days, expound the riddle. So, of course they couldn't. Of course they couldn't. It's a thing only he knows about the lion. It's not a riddle. It's, no. like, a cri- it's like a cryptic crossword clue for a diary entry. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So, basically... He's done all this, and his wife is being bothered by the people of the community and saying, like, can you just ask your husband what it, what it is, what the answer is? Can well, they you give us a clue? Can you entice him for us? They, they, they threaten him. They say, coax your husband into explaining the riddle for us, or we will burn you and your father's household to death. Yes. Did you invite us here to rob us? Samson's wife then throws herself on him, sobbing, you hate me, you don't really love me, you've given my people a riddle, but you haven't told me the answer. Yeah. What a shit wedding this is. It's a shit wedding, and it also is the start of a theme of, of this, which mm. is where he will get tricked by a lady because she basically wants to know something about him, and he's like, mm, I'm not going to tell you, and then he does, and then it all goes to shit. Yeah, it so- definitely enforces the sort of idea in the bible that women are cunning sneaky yeah. and not to be trusted absolutely if yeah. deborah thought anything it's that women can do what they want as long as we don't pay him any mind so samson then tells her the answer which is obviously i found a lion and it had a honey inside it and she goes what i found a lion and it had some honey inside it that's a riddle she goes it's not a riddle and he goes, she said we are, we are getting an annulment so let's just say the answer is a lion with some honey in it and she goes okay so she goes back to the village people not the village people. She goes back to the. She goes back to the to village the people, people of the village, and so long her to be a macho, macho man. Yeah, <laughs> it goes back to the village people and tells them the answer is 
a lion with some honey in it. <laughs> and then they say, okay, okay, if you're sure. And they knock on Samson's door and say, the answer to your riddle is a lion with some honey in it. And he goes, well, I know your wife told you the answer because it's an unsolvable riddle. <laughs> <laughs> and then basically he loses that bet and he goes back to his father and he's like, he's so pissed off with his wife that she'd do this. So what the father does, unbeknownst to Samson, is give away his wife <laughs> to one of Samson's mates and just says, you have her, you have her now. Yeah, yeah. So Samson's wife sits out of the picture and Samson goes, oh, I'm so annoyed at my wife. Where is she? And, the, and his dad goes, I thought you would mind. I got rid of her. He's like, oh, okay. And the dad goes, Shouldn't, can't you just have her sister instead? Yeah. And, and even says the sister is more attractive. Yeah. And Samson's, Samson seems to just ignore that. Yeah. <laughs> like he, the, so the dad's in the background is going, Ah, oh, just go with the sister, mate. She's well fitter. <laughs> and, then, and then Samson goes like, Okay. But uh, anyway. And then he just carries on with the next bit, which is that he then goes out and kills a bunch of Philistines. Yeah. He goes out, slaughters a bunch of Philistines, hides in a cave. The Philistines find him and bind him. Yeah. But of course, as Samson, being one of the judges, has been blessed by God and not only has great power, but is being kind of looked after and protected. Yeah. So the binds burn away and fall off him. So Samson, with his great strength, gets the jawbone of a donkey. <sighs> this is ridiculous. He finds the jawbone of a donkey right outside the cave and kills a thousand Philistines with it. He beats them to death with a donkey's jawbone that's possibly fallen off because the donkey's been talking too much. And then is basically like, I've killed a thousand men with a donkey's jawbone. This yeah. is a man who has never had a haircut. So he's just got this super strong... It's just like Cousin It. Exactly. <laughs> but here's where we're actually going to approach the hair situation. Yes. Because Samson meets another woman... And she's called Delilah. Samson and Delilah. Samson and Delilah. This is going to end fine. He meets her. He's got a big old head full of hair. She falls for him. They get together. The, the rulers of the Philistines go to her, basically, yeah. in so, secret. Yeah. They go to her and they say, see if you can get Samson to tell us how he's so bloody strong. We don't know how strong. Why he's is he so, so strong? He's so strong. Not yes. mentally. Mentally, he's an absolute nutcase. But physically, he's very, very strong. Find out his weakness. Find out his weakness. So Delilah yep. says to him, in a very cunning way, tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. I mean, that's the best thing about it, is that it's such a normal conversation for a couple in love to have. Why would he be suspicious? Exactly. Every night, my girlfriend says to me, how could I tie you up and subdue you? And you say, just ask. I go, just ask me. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, oh, okay, well, I'm tired now. And then you go to sleep and you're like, don't look each other in the eye. Uh, Sam- he Sam- says- anyway, she asks that. She <laughs> yeah. asks, how can you be tied up and subdued? And Samson answered her, if anyone ties me up with seven fresh thongs... That have not been dried. So that's a bowstring. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'll become as weak as any other man. I thought that. Yeah. What do you mean? I thought that as well. What, you thought it was thongs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He just loves thongs. He's I a, love thongs! Samson's a real perv. So if you tie me up with this specific string, I won't be able to get out of it. So then she goes to the community and says, this is what this is what his weakness is. So they wait till he's asleep. She beckons them in. And then they tie them up with that string. And she says, the Philistines are here. And Samson wakes up immediately gets out of the binds and, you know, defeats everyone. Mm. And he's basically clocked at this point, well, you told them that <laughs> because that's the thing I said to you. And she says, oh, oh, what are you going to do? And they, they remain together. Samson and Delilah are still together. Mm. And she tries again. She says, 
come on, you, all right, fine, you had a little joke. No, genuinely, though, what is your weakness? <laughs> and he says, well, if anyone ties me up with fresh rope, then I'll be as weak as any other man. So again, she goes to them, she tells them, they come and try and get him when he's asleep. Samson wakes up, gets out of his binds, defeats everyone again. Yeah. And doesn't ask for a divorce, probably just asks what's for dinner. Delilah then says to Samson, until now you've been making a fool of me and lying to me. <laughs> where, Samson, where Samson is so dumb. <laughs> so dumb, so stupidly loyal. Yeah. Probably drinks water like a dog. And then he goes, oh, you've done it again. <laughs> you've tricked me again. You. Don't know how you get me. <laughs> fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times. I really deserve to be killed. Anyway, what's, uh, what are you doing next Tuesday? <laughs> and then she goes, okay, fine. You made an idiot of me. Fine. But seriously, though, what's your weakness? None of this is being made up, listener. No, this is the this story. This is exactly how it is. So then Samson, for some God-known reason, tells her the truth and says, if you cut my hair, all my power will disappear and mm. I'll be really weak again. She does this, she cuts his hair, it's like shaven down, and then they come in, and obviously, they defeat him. They mm. fight him, and they gouge his eyes out. Samson's been blinded by these people, and now he's lost his powers, and yeah. he's kind of like stuck as being their slave, their servant. And they hold a big feast, the Philistines hold a big feast, pull Samson out in his weakest, and say, do a little performance for us, mate, do a little dance. And then Samson says to the guy who pulls him out, can you just uh, help me out? I'm I'm a blind guy. Can you just help me? Can you help me lean against this post? This story is so weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. Because the point is, while he was in prison, his hair started growing again. Yeah, he was locked away. Yes. So some of his power's back, and he says to God, "God, just one last time, grant me my power again, and I will bring these people down because these are the enemies of the of you." Maybe. And that's how we get that Christmas tradition. Of killing our enemies, killing our enemies using our because our hair is growing on Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we all know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the song. He grabs two pillars and pushes them both apart, and the whole building collapses, and the Philistines are crushed, and Samson is crushed. He's killed as well. Well, yeah. It says, it says thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived. Yeah, as if we're meant to go. Oh, oh what does that mean? And not go. Oh, great. Yeah. So he was, a, he was a stupid, violent prick to the end. Absolutely. Yeah. So what we get there is the story of a barren couple visited by an angel who have a miracle magic baby who can mm-hmm. do a bunch of powers and stuff. Yeah. That baby then grows up to be a powerful man who sacrifices himself. And that's the classic Christmas story that we all know. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. More or less. In those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as he saw fit. So That's, that's what how it, the book of Judges ends. So that's what it always says. It's The last kind of half of Judges, it's just this repeated phrase that's suddenly going to play back. Yeah. Because we know in two books' time, we've got kings. <laughs> because maybe they do need rulers of some kind. Yeah, yeah. And this maybe. is why. Just maybe the human race are scum, and we should. And all this out. stuff we have, like society and bureaucracy mm-hmm. and capitalism and all these things that people hate, yeah. maybe we need it because without it, we would just end up in the dirt, being scumbags. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, you stupid twerps! I hope you remember that you are nothing without every building around you. Okay, okay, okay. And so ends the Book of Judges. What do you think, Sean? I like the Book of Judges. 
Yeah. It's nice, mm. isn't it? I, I think it's got probably three really brilliant stories dragged out over eight stories. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think there are eight stories and three of them are good. Well, that's what I like, because I like the Bible when it's stories, but the recent books have been a couple of stories and then mostly... some. It's a description yeah, yeah, of the yeah. land, or it's like a description of cloth. Yeah. But now this is all. This is all just a bunch of short stories. This is what I thought the Bible was. This has been full blown, and you know what? We couldn't. We couldn't have asked for a better book mm-hmm. to do on this festive episode. I mean, it's panned out perfectly. Absolutely. The most Christmassy book of the Bible mm-hmm. is the most Christmassy episode we've had. Thank you very much for that. For God. God. <laughs> God. If you, if, if, and when you're up there, thanks. If you're anything to do with us anymore. Thanks, man. Okay, so I guess uh, all that's left to, to say is thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we really hope you have a great Christmas. Yep, Merry Christmas. Follow all those traditions Yep. Um, um, that, as, that we all know. Yep. Uh, as usual, hosted by Sean McLaughlin, Elliot J. Fallows, Bible Corp, uh, music by Miss Petricor. Absolutely. Artwork, artwork by Ryan Wickman. Do, um, do, buy, uh, do, do buy my album. Go yep. see me on tour mm-hmm. if you want to buy tickets for that. It's, it's going to be a great tour. Really appreciate it. I hope you have a great time. And uh, that's it. And anyone who's listening from Bible Corp, mm-hmm. you just need to know this is the end of the podcast. Turn off now because exactly. there's nothing going to be said after this, okay? That's about it. Uh, that's right. Just, just going to be a Christmas song that we all know. So. We really like the fact that you keep letting us do this, Bible Corp. Mm-hmm. So just t- turn off, buddy. Okay. Turn really it off. Okay. Thank you. I think we put them off the scent. Our families, we know you're listening to this. We are going to find you. And all we can say to you is that we love you and we are coming. Okay, we're coming. We are coming. So we do need to, we need to make a move there. <laughs>